Hello, everyone. I am uh, Riccardo Colla, Director of Digital Food Science with RIPE.io and uh, the host of this podcast, Know Your Food. Uh, in our current series, we are bringing experts from across the food systems to discuss food safety and food security in the COVID-19 emergency. Um, you can find this podcast as well as learn more about RIPE on our website at RIPE.io. So, Today, I have uh, the immense pleasure to have uh, with me uh, Grace uh, Shulin. And Grace is uh, first and foremost a friend and, and also a major expert in the functional food and ingredient business. She has more than 25 years experience in global operations and management in uh, leading food and nutrition companies such as DSM, Christian Hansen, and Nestle. And she's also uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, and founder of Viva Nutrition, a business focused on bringing healthy ingredients such as probiotics, vitamins, and omega-3 into the Chinese market. Um, so hello, Grace, and, uh, and welcome to the podcast. Pleasure, Ricardo. So good to talk to you. And, and likewise, I'm, uh, I'm happy that uh, also you came back to New York um, after years in, in, in Shanghai. And so the first question is just... Uh, to tell us briefly about uh, your current activities uh, with Viva, uh, but also within the food system at large. Okay, so I came back to New York uh, just the beginning of March, just this whole coronavirus pandemic starting. And uh, currently, I'm basically uh, engaging in three things. The first, as Ricardo said, uh, I'm in charge of Viva Nutrition, so we have a team working in China, and they do not need me physically there, but uh, I'm working with them to give them support when it's needed. The second part of my time is on the education. So I'm engaging in many education platforms in China. So we do a lot of online educations, which uh, at this point is very popular, even more popular before the coronavirus and afterwards. So um, no matter it's regarding health, well-being, or uh, the students in the universities that uh, was uh, teaching uh, physically in Schema and a few other business schools, and now I'm mostly doing online uh, teaching. The third part of my time is on the consultancy. So I'm helping a few American European brands enter China, and the team in China do the implementation. Yeah, well, uh, very busy lady, of course, as always. And uh, um, so let's dive right in into the topic of, of the podcast. And so what I'd like to know first is uh, um, what would you say are, are the most uh, relevant uh, consequences of COVID-19 on in general, on the health and nutrition businesses, and especially on the small businesses like Viva, uh, in particular in the Chinese market? Mm. Mm, very good question. So I'm keeping the daily contacts with my business partners and the key opinion leaders in China. There are a few key things are happening now in China, if we can call it a post-COVID or coronavirus. The first thing we see is a lot of new innovations 
happening. Of course, there are many smaller companies that didn't survive, they bankrupt, but also there are many uh, small, middle-sized, even large corporations started to do a lot of new, uh, new innovations, right? The online teaching, the online delivering of innovation solutions, and also regarding in the bigger corporations, a lot of uh, this delegation into small enterprise uh, of doing business uh, to be very uh, high autonomy managing the business is happening a lot. One example is uh, higher, the biggest uh, electronic appliance. They divided their big corporation into 200 smaller enterprises. So each enterprise can operate individually. So innovation is happening very fast. That's what I appreciate the Chinese enthusiasm, energy. They never really give up and stop even posting. The second things I see is a lot of um, smaller business owners reaching out to me, to the others, try to do a group, a community combination, because we call it uh, like a um, uh, means that you come together, you become hotter. Uh, many smaller business forming alliance and they try to leverage the cost but also leverage the resources and in terms of monetary and also human resource and the customer resource. The third thing I see is a lot of uh, company and the people are more caring uh, moving into the health business. Uh, before, uh, even the business is not really close relevant to health. A lot of food business, like uh, I was reached out by a few large American food producers. They want to move into nutrition uh, segments. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. come to me to asking for some potential collaborations. So people definitely, the post-COVID investigation says that there are 87% people more care about health what they eat before it's like 27%. So it's a huge jump on the moving into the health consciousness consumption. The last thing I would say, of course, there are many trendy products, benefits from this pandemic, like probiotics is booming the sales yeah. because... The Ministry of Health China says it's very good for the um, uh, respiratory lung health. So suddenly people starting to buy a lot of probiotics before they didn't really realize the benefits of omega-3. We saw that. And also a few other ingredients. Yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to, to touch base on that topic, uh, especially because um, we see a rise even in the U.S. in in uh, uh, the dietary supplement and in and healthy ingredient category, rise in terms of sales. Uh, but also there are some issues with um, uh, some supply shortages. And so um, uh, are there any specific ingredients that you see are more impacted than others by, by supply shortages that might be due, due to either rapid shift of demand, so increased demand, or by restrictions that some countries had. I'm thinking about India with turmeric, and uh, the lockdown of some countries might have an impact also on the basic supply of certain functional Mm -hmm. ingredients. So Mm -hmm. what do you see in terms of the ingredients that are more impacted than other by some problems of supply? Uh, very good question. So I could uh, 
say from my background and the industry knowledge, because I'm more engaging in the functional ingredients. Mm-hmm. So I see the, the two things you mentioned, both in actually the countries. It's before the pandemic, China, U.S. has some trade issues. So we already see some importation, which our business mainly importing from U.S. to China is being affected. The tariff increase and the, the products locked in the customer timing extending. So those things affecting the business and our business perspectives is mostly the DHA from LG. It's one uh, phytonutrients of the omega-3 from algae. So that has been terribly affected. And also the supply issue because of the production um, shortage now mm-hmm. in USA. So recently the um, uh, order replaced couldn't be supplied by uh, my previous employer, DSM. And uh, this is already happening for like a half year. And the second part is because of pandemic, people looking a lot on the immunity. So everything related to immunity, vitamin C, vitamin E, zinc, and vitamin D, and the particular probiotics, omega-3, is in short supply. So one for my major partner, also my explorer, uh, Krista Hansen, is in big shortage on probiotics. And luckily that we are one of the larger customer because some stocks ship them to Hong Kong and China. So we're still able to supply. But those are the ingredients from my uh, experience I see the shortage. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it makes sense. So um, I just want to come back on um, Viva and, and uh, asking how is uh, you mentioned alliances amongst uh, small companies and uh, some issues with with small businesses of course as we we have here um, so how is viva reacting and did you have any anything in place uh, i mean it's difficult to prepare for such kind of an emergency but did you have anything anything in place any idea on how to mitigate the risk how is viva uh, reacting right now so nobody can predict the pandemic, right? We all knew it's coming one day or another. The many experts and the educator Bill Gates and the university predict it's coming. But nobody knows it's coming and how to prepare for that. But luckily for Viva business, I think in terms of our we focus so much on and also social media. So, so that's the advantage. We are being impacted, of course, that during the two months lockdown, we pay the employees not just the, uh, one penny less. We actually increase their salary because we think that they take a dramatic uh, pressure. Yeah. And the second line, uh, the, the, actually the whole three months of pandemic in China, I was overseas. I was not in China, and which is coming back to the way we manage business. So in Viva, we actually delegating so much autonomy to the each team member. So each team member is like a, a project manager. They have their own uh, responsibilities and they responsible their own PNL and also their bonus. So I'm in China or not in China doesn't affecting. Uh, so much on um, their independence operating. They are very independent. 
And the third thing is, I think, um, uh, in terms of the people, because we are uh, enterprise and I'm entrepreneur, so we actually do not have bigger team, but each team member has to be very uh, capable and independent uh, operating. So, for example, one of our scientists is a scientist, a doctor, and uh, she's not only uh, in charge of the um, formulation and the education, but she's also in charge of B2B business, and she's taking a full responsibility for how to implement the projects, new projects uh, independently, no matter I'm in China or not in China. So, in summary, I think we are in a little bit better position in terms of the scale and also how the way we operate and also the nature of the business. Yeah, yeah. and you, you touch upon a very important point um, uh, that I could, uh, uh, I could realize firsthand when we were working together and when I was coming to China, uh, the, uh, the fact that people are really empowered to, uh, uh, to do many things that go beyond their background. And it is something that uh, obviously we have here in startup, but uh, there's not a lot of culture uh, in Western Europe or in the U.S. of really going outside the box and 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 doing many many uh, activities uh, just because you're empowering uh, employees. So I think this is a great uh, story that you are telling. I just wanted to go back to uh, a key topic that we want to discuss, which is food safety. So Viva Nutrition uh, was created because of food safety issues and especially because of the lack of trust that Chinese consumers had and maybe perhaps still have in ingredients and products manufactured in China. So we, especially for their kids and when it comes to functional nutrition. So uh, in, in light of this emergency, do you foresee any problems in maintaining the high standards of food safety while still obviously uh, guaranteeing supply. And if so, did you have to change or either US Viva or in general, um, the, 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 in China, did you uh, observe any change in food safety protocols? Mm. Yeah, very good point, Ricardo. You know, we we both started Viva, right? We know that uh, it's based on the, a lot of pregnancy, mom and uh, woman, they don't trust the locally produced products. There are so many bad stories happened. So we produce products overseas, we import to China. Mm-hmm. That's the model we started. Over the years, of course, the uh, food safety and also the regulations and also people knowledge and awareness improved. But the still is, uh, today is still a fact that, that the people do not fully trust uh, of the local produced uh, products, in particular for you can imagine for mothers, they want to give their baby the, all the best. It's improving, but it's not there yet. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But uh, during the whole China-American trade war, I put it that way, and also the um, the pandemic, what happened. So these already changed our business sourcing. We started to shift some of the ingredients from other countries uh, simply because U.S. products uh, is uh, becoming very expensive and also locked in the customers for a longer period of time. So 
it's not just Aviva. It's many uh, locally manufacturers that start buying ingredients from Europe, a lot from Australia and uh, New Zealand. So mm-hmm. that's really happening. And the second shift is um, we started from uh, 100% produced in USA, Europe, come to only ingredients produced uh, overseas uh, so that's still give Chinese consumers some guarantee that the key ingredients are still 100% imported and the local production is really about the packing and also it's much better facility regulated. So it is what exactly now we are doing. We pack products much more in China than packed in USA and Denmark. Mm, yeah, that's, that makes sense. So... I'd like to now, uh, you know, look at the uh, uh, in this last part of the podcast in the in the uh, on the future outlook of the food system. So, in general, what can the ingredient industry do uh, to uh, be better prepared for a next emergency? What do you think? Yeah. So it's a really big question. Yeah. I actually give a lot of thoughts about that because recently we we started to do some innovation uh, with some business partners. We're looking at exactly what's needed in China at this point. I think first is really regarding the immunity, right? Immunity is on rising. I just mentioned that like 87 people now care about um, the, the nutrients and the health of the products that they take or the supplementation. It's a big increase. So everything regarding immunity and the vitamin C, vitamin E and the probiotics and the turmeric, omega-3 and also the essential nutrients, omega-3, which is LGDHA. Mm-hmm. And uh, all things are rising. Uh, in the high demand. So that's the first thing. And another thing happened, I think in US, you will see the eye health products. We look at the screen, my goodness, uh, now it's so much longer even uh, before the pandemic, uh, right? We do the Zoom meeting, Google Hangout, and uh, Skype, all these crazy stuff, we're staring at the screen. So the eyesight health is really dropping. It's already bad in China, and it's... Um, uh, uh, it's uh, keeping the speed of rising that people want uh, eye health products. So that's the first trend regarding the ingredient set. And I think secondly, is really regarding the local sourcing. Because of the lockdown and uh, the confinement and the restrict uh, all these cross-border trading, and a lot of uh, manufacturing more look at the local sourcing ingredients to replace uh, this uh, global sourcing ingredients, which I think it's a good thing, right? Yeah. I also like the idea that the local organic farming, just um, uh, in comparison that I'm in New York now, and uh, the co-ops, uh, the local source from New York State, so we still can have the farmer fresh uh, vegetables and uh, fruits, but if you're thinking about you want to get something still from Mexico, from China, from mm-hmm. Southeast Asia, it's just not possible. So the organic local co-op type of farming, including the implication in our business, the local sourcing uh, ingredients is uh, happening. The third trend we see is really, really what you guys have been doing great is about the traceability. 
because uh, in the past uh, that people just um, uh, they think uh, as long as it's uh, imported, the big corporation they could trust. But during this uh, whole journey, they realize not completely can be trusted. There are many scandals happening during this time and. So people started to really uh, thinking about how to track back exactly the ingredients, how it's being grow, growing uh, the market and how it's brought and how it's going to be produced. And the last thing is regarding the animal abundance. And uh, China just set up a, a new regulation. I'm so happy. Huh. They, they take a dog as a pet, so they forbidden people eating dogs. I think it's a great thing. Of course, they already announced during Absolutely. the pandemic that uh, the wild animals cannot be consumed. Yes, yes. Uh, my goodness, yes. this should have happened 10 years ago, <laughs> yes. a long time ago. But now it's happening. So the animal uh, is better protected. But uh, I also see the trend of the vegetarian, right? That uh, you you take protein out of veggie sauce and uh, you take uh, this veggie produced um, uh, burger, which is uh, become trendy. Even mm-hmm. we tried, I don't like it yeah, because yeah, I'm vegetarian. Yeah. So I just cannot like the meat-like uh, vegetable Flavor. taste of the protein. But it's happening. The vegetable sauce, the full protein, and uh, environment-friendly uh, ingredients and the products produced, the less impact on the environment. People realize the pandemic is not anybody, any country's fault. It is we've been uh, deriving from the nature, from my motherhood, um, our motherhood for the earth too much. It's so being deployed to the extreme. Now the whole world is on pause, right? We have yeah. this uh, collective and anticipatory grave happening, which is a good warning call that we just have to care about uh, our mother earth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned uh, a lot of, of trends and, and changes that, uh, and I, I, I I can't agree more on on every uh, single one of them. Uh, so, if you had to look for a silver lining of these uh, this pandemic for the food system, and if you had to keep to to, to pick on uh, one or two of those trends that you think are going to uh, have a really long lasting impact on the food system, which ones you would you bet on? Very good question. I think uh, two things. The first thing is definitely on the health uh, of uh, our immunity. Yeah. That's so, so crucial. Actually, we bet this point on immunity. You and me, we are in the middle of the pandemic, right? Why in U.S. so many uh, less advantaged people died from this crazy pandemic because of the immunity is compromised. Yeah. So we really need to focus on immunity. It's not just the functional ingredients. It's a lot about it's about the mood. So the mental health, the physical health, and also in terms of how we aware of our health status. That's really important. Immunity, health, mental, and physical is very important. We Perfect. see a increasing depression rates in China happening. I'm sure in U.S. is uh, could be. Even worse. So mental health is also so important. That's why we give a lot of coaching now on the mental well-being. 
The second is really traceability. Whether you've been engaging yeah. for many years, I think the traceability on the impact to the environment, the traceability for the transparency of the food chain, and also the traceability for how pandemic, right? How you're treating your your uh, your customers, your employees, also yourself has dramatically impact. So I think the traceability is more than the um, uh, logistic of goods movements. It's a lot about the traceability, about how we deal with this pandemic. Uh, we will have a dramatic impact on our future business and also the people growth. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for all this insight, Grace. This is this has been really a, a, a great uh, moment to talk to you about that. So where can uh, listeners learn more about you and your work or your company? So uh, uh, we have our business website, uh, www.vivanutrition.com. That's for the U.S. We have many WeChat, which is the Chinese social media Accounts Viva Yingyang in China, but I also have an NGO uh, called the Viva Global Academy, mostly focusing on donation and also education. So all these platforms uh, can be reached, and if people want to reach out to me, so can send them to my personal email, which is uh, linxu at me.com. So linxu at me.com. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grace. Uh, and thanks for all the listeners. Uh, you can find this episode and the whole podcast series on uh, Ripe.io and on Apple Podcasts. So stay tuned for the next episode.